Hi there, this is the podcast for College Catholics where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and it's great to have you with us. Today, I'm going to invite Brother Daniel Heffernan, who has recent, recently uh, professed his vows as a religious member of Midas Christi, and he will tell us his vocation story and some other anecdotes of his life. Brother Daniel Heffernan was born in Ypsilanti, Michigan in 1987. He grew up in a, several places due to his dad's work, including England and Nicaragua, where his mother is from. He felt a call to religious life early in his teenage years and discerned with a few communities. He studied philosophy for three years at Holy Apostles College before joining Midas Christi in 2010. In 2012, he moved to Luján, Argentina, where he continued his formation. He made his first vows and received the habit of Milius Christi in 2017. In 2021, he came back to Michigan to join our community here, and he made his perpetual vows recently on July 2nd. So, Brother Daniel, welcome to our podcast. How are you doing? Good, Father. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's been a pretty busy summer with, with uh, summer camping trips. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had the boys camping trip. Oh, cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, a lot of sports. and. Uh, what ages are those kids? Uh, it's middle school, uh, so and a little younger, too. And you uh, were in charge of the whole event? Well, I had some help, but yeah. <laughs> good, um, good for you. Yeah, so that's that's been keeping us busy uh, these these days. Any highlight from the camping trip? Well, I think, you know, I think it's great to just see the boys, uh, you know, have so much fun. You know, we had the waterfront activities and the sports. Uh, we, you know, had some skits. Uh, so I think that's that's really encouraging to see, uh, you know, the boys um, learning about their faith and and making new friends, um, having fun, you know, learning new things. So that's that's really positive. Did you do any skit or something that the guys liked? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I juggled a little bit for them. Oh, they, cool! They enjoyed that So you that know how to juggle? I do. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. How many of well, these balls do you do at yeah, the same time? Yeah, I could do three or four. Five is a little bit too much. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Very good. Well. Um, I just gave a quick intro about you um, just before we, we started talking. And um, however, I would like to have you tell a little bit about your vocation um, and tell us how you discerned your vocation to consecrate your life to Christ. And also, when did that start, right? Some, some, some cases, they, uh, people have uh, starting to have a vocation or perception of their vocation when they're little, sometimes in high school, sometimes in college. And how did God manifest His will to you in, uh, in your life? And what, are, are, what were some of the challenges that you found? Uh, and in a sense, what helped you decide, right, uh, to do uh, this that you're doing now, to be a religious, a brother in Midas Christi? Yeah, so um, in my case, it started pretty early on. I was a young teenager, um, and I felt like God was, you know, I, I wanted to do something great, something heroic. Um, and I wasn't really sure what that was. And it was when I, when I was about 14, um, we were living in England at the time. And I guess because, you know, we're still making new friends and things like that. Um, I had a little bit more prayer time and, and time to reflect. Uh, and I, I just felt like God, you know, wanted me to, to do something great. And, and also that, that desire to be holy, right. To be a saint, um, so in my case, it was kind of, it went hand in hand, you know, I wanted to be holy. I wanted to be a saint. And then I felt like God was calling me, um, you know, to religious life or priesthood actually. And so I just started pursuing that and, um, you know, just 
became more and more attracted to that um, and try to keep a prayer life, spiritual direction, you know, reading the lives of the saints, all those things to, to foster that. Was, it, was there a particular, particular moment where you realized, you know, I want, to, I want to take this more seriously? Because I had something like that in my life. I remember I was in college. I knew I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to get to heaven, but not necessarily a saint or anything or something more, right? Until I remember starting to do a time of meditation every day in college. And then it hit me at some point that, you know, I have to take this seriously. We're called to holiness. We're, we're, we're not just meant to live, you know, through this life and, well, maybe make it to heaven, right? right so right. I don't know if there was some moment in your life, and you said it's in England, that something important happened, right? Right, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think being always in a, a very practicing Catholic family, you know, that helped a lot. Um, and so I knew, you know, I knew that, that we're all supposed to be saints, but then to, to decide and to make that commitment and say, okay, I'm going to, to strive for that, you know, and, and ask for those graces. Um, it takes a little bit of courage and, uh, and a kind of leap of faith. And, and I knew that once I did that, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to go back on that. So with the grace of God, yeah, I was able to say, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to try, you know, with God's grace. Um, and yeah, that was, it was actually Nash Wednesday. Uh, like I said, I was 14 and there were, I, I received special graces that day. You know, I, I felt like I was going to be a witness, you know, having those ashes on my forehead, a witness, uh, walking around, you know, being a witness to Christ. And, and I just felt that, that calling, you know, God wanted me to, um, you know, to pursue that vocation, uh, of religious life or even priesthood, um, which is what I thought at that time. Um, so that's kind of how it was. Very good. And did that uh, increase? Did what? Did that grow? Was it at some point? Because at the beginning, many, I mean, many people have that perception. Oh, I want to be holy, and maybe holiness. Some many people think it means to be consecrated. It means to be a priest or a nun, right, a sister. And many, and in reality, it doesn't. Right, everyone is called to holiness. Right, and uh, everyone, even lay people, married people, are called to a vocation of holiness. Uh, so, was there a moment where you? were able to identify, yes, this is clearly a call to consecrated life. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up a good point. You know, it's, it's not just like, okay, I want to be a saint. And so, okay, I have to be a priest or I have to be a, a religious. Um, that's not necessarily the case, but in my case, um, the, the two went kind of together and, and I was able to discover that, that vocation that God had for me. Um, and, and you also asked about, you know, those, those challenges. Well, part of that is, is, you know, discerning is, isn't always easy, um, you know, and, and we keep being men, right? We're still attracted to, to women and, you know, that's, that doesn't go away. Of course. Um, you know, that's the way God made it. So, so sometimes you have to discern, okay, well, is God really leading me? You know, I'm attracted to women. Well, does that mean I'm supposed to get married? Well, not necessarily. Um, you know, that doesn't go away. So um, sometimes that's a challenge, you know, trying to see where, where is God leading me? And, and he does, you know, if, again, being faithful to prayer and spiritual direction, um, you know, God kind of opens the doors, uh, mm -hmm. and, and at, at least in my case, that was, that was his way of, you know, manifesting his will and, um, the counsel of others, you know, my parents, um, spiritual direction, all those things help to, to kind of lead me, um, to where, where I am today. Right. Uh, right. If I can ask, uh, was there among those challenges or, um, things that stopped you from being a priest or brother or religious, 
what was the greatest challenge? I remember when you recently you did your uh, perpetual vows and one of your brothers said in a little speech he gave uh, after the ceremony that when you went to Argentina, he asked you what would you uh, miss most going to Argentina and you see you said you would miss cereal <laughs> so right. I, I'm wondering when when you thought about consecrated life what what was it that you were thinking you would miss most of a life in the world right yeah I mean I think um, in my case because this is very much tied to being a member of, of Milos Christi which is you know if it was founded in Argentina so I knew that uh, you know this is further on in my story but joining Milos Christi would would mean going to Argentina at least you know, for a time, a few years as part of the, the formation process. And that would imply, you know, leaving behind family, leaving behind friends. So that was, that was a big step. Um, and, and that was difficult. That wasn't easy mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is a separation, you know, in, in religious life, a separation from your family. Um, you know, you don't, you don't actually leave them, you know, forever. Uh, you know, they, they will always be my family, but there is a, a separation. There's a separation from the world, right? Um, that sometimes is hard for people to, you know, to leave those things of, of the world, you know, the, the pleasures of the world. Um, so yeah, those are, I think, common challenges in my case. Yeah, it was, it was very difficult to leave my family. Um, but here I am back, you know, mm -hmm. uh, years later, uh, and they live very close. So that's, you know, God, God sometimes surprises us with, with his ways. Right. Right. Very good. Well, and in the same way uh, that I was asking about what was the most negative uh, thing of, let's say, entering religious life, what was the most positive element that you saw that uh, helped you to see the will of God? Like uh, some episodes ago, we interviewed Father Steve Pullis, and he said how uh, doing a time of adoration regularly and going to Mass every day uh, helped him see the will of God very clearly um, so and attract him to that, right? So what was, in your case, what would you say helped you, what means, spiritual means helped you most, and what particular thing showed you the will of God more clearly? Yeah, I mean, there were several um, steps, you know, to, to come to this decision, you know, to kind of embrace my vocation fully and eventually in Mila's Christi. So I think, you know, the first part was, well, does God want me to join religious life? Um, you know, that's kind of the, that was my first step. And I think I was, you know, God w attracted me to all those things that religious life has to offer, which is, you know, community life, prayer life, um, a particular spirituality, you know, time of adoration as well, rosary, devotion to Mary, all those things which are contained in religious life. Um, and that was just, I was just really attracted to that. You know, I wanted that, um, You know, we, we all experience those things a little, in, a, in some ways, you know, in our Catholic lives, you know, even lay people. But I knew that in religious life, I was going to find those things kind of to the full, right? Um, and, and all the time. And, and I wanted that, you know, I, I, I really wanted to, to seek that and, and find that. And then joining Milius Christi later on, you know, I, I found all those things and, and the formation. And, and I like to think of it as um, like a waterfall, you know, I'm thirsty. I just need a glass of water, but there's this waterfall of, of graces and, and formation and community life and all those things that we receive in religious life. Um, and that, and that I wanted that, that was, that was awesome. Right. Um, and I found that in Milos Christi, um, you know, and I was attracted to that and that, that led me to, to seek admission. Right. Um, and, uh, so by the grace of God and 
and the uh, the kindness of of the members of Meals Christi who allowed me to to join. Uh, here I am. So very good. So you would would you say that that was? Because sometimes people ask me, well, why did you join Meals Christi? Why not the the Jesuits, the Dominicans, the Benedictines? the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, what moved you to embrace Miles Christi when you were, actually we were starting here, we were most of us from Argentina, you know, you're American, you're in England, you're in Oxford, you're in Florida, all these places, so cool. What was it you would say that moved you to become a part of Miles Christi? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because as you said, I was I was living in different parts of the world. Um, you know, we we in Oxford in England we went to the the parish of the Oratory of Saint Philip Neri, um, and those priests were you know were very helpful in in my discernment as well. Um, so you know I met a lot of different religious orders growing up, and you know there's some things I liked more about some, you know other things I liked about others, and um, I think it was just I think I found in Milos Christi all those little things like for ex- just to give you one example. I've had several spiritual directors, um, you know, growing up and at least from my teenage years. And I, and I found in Milos Christi spiritual directors that were the most helpful. Um, and I said, wow, there's, there's something special here. Um, and they actually, you know, helped me personally. Right. Um, and so I think that was part of it. Uh, and then also, you know, there's always a spirituality that's linked to a religious community um, whether it's, you know, the Franciscan spirituality, the Dominicans, in this case, Milos Christi, uh, you know, we have the, the spirituality of St. Ignatius and yeah, I, I found that pretty awesome. You know, um, this soldier who, you know, who's injured and then he, he seeks God, uh, you know, he wants to serve God, um, you know, with a, with a generous heart and, and, um, you know, follow Christ the King, um, you know, all those different things that make up. Ignatian spirituality, I, I found very attractive and very, uh, a very concrete way, uh, to follow Christ. Um, and, and that was found in Milos Christi. Um, so little things like that or, or big things, um, kind of one thing after the other, I found it all. So wonderful. Uh, I like to think of it as, you know, falling in love. Like, you know, you find the perfect, the perfect one, right? It's got everything you wanted, you know? Perfect. Very good. Well, um, now, one question I will be asking in a minute uh, is about why, you know, you or how you saw that you're called to the, be a brother. Um, and in the last episode, I spoke a little bit about consecrated life or religious life, right? And how how during his life in the this world, Jesus called several people to follow him, uh, to follow him more closely, right? To follow him by imitating his way of life, embracing the evangelical counsels, and that is... Uh, a life that is more according to the gospel through poverty, chastity, and obedience. And that's religious life, so which is a state of life, a way of life in which one enters into by professing vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience according to a particular rule of life, according to a particular religious order. So while everyone is called to holiness, to grow in the virtues, and particularly the, the love of God, the love of our neighbor, uh, some people oblige themselves to put into practice in a more radical way, right? Those evangelical councils. And that is religious life, right? So, in a sense, uh, what you're embracing is that way of life, that uh, call to holiness through the evangelical councils, practice, 
practiced in a more specific or uh, more specific way, more radical way, if you want. Um, so it's interesting to see a brother always because one realizes I can actually be consecrated to God without necessarily being a priest, right? Um, because people look from from the outside and look at a, a brother, look at a priest, look at a monk, and they say oh, it's all the same thing. It's all that thing over there, you right? Know? Right. Uh, and they typically consider it a priest because they understand that's the more general term. Uh, so how is it that some people, are, and how is it that you particularly, right? How is it that some people are called to be priests, others to be called brothers, right? Like Brother Andre said in Montreal, Brother Saint Alphonsus Rodriguez the Society of Jesus in Mallorca, and Brother Daniel Heffernan here. Uh, how, how is it that you noticed that, or is there some something general, some recommendation that you will give to those who are listening? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't know if I would put my name with St. <laughs> Andre and, and St. Alphonsus. Um, but it's a more practical example. Sure, right? sure. So. But no, I can definitely identify with them because um, they were, like you said, they were brothers. Uh, you know, and there's other brothers out there um, a lot of them were porters, right? They sanctified themselves. You know, God made them saints in that humble task of being a porter, just answering the door, um, you know, talking to people. Uh, and you were actually a porter today. I was actually. Because our, our main desk is without uh, the person that is typically there, and you had to fill in for them. So that's right. You were yeah, a porter that's right. today. That's right. Yeah. So I get to participate a little bit in that in that holy office. Um, so yeah, I mean. Some people think, well, you know, a brother, you didn't, you didn't really make it. You know, you could have been a priest, you didn't make it. Um, and it's not really what it is. I mean, it's, it can be helpful, I think, to think of it the other way. Um, as you mentioned, Christ calls all of us. We're all supposed to, everyone's supposed to follow Christ. But in religious life, we follow him more closely. So I think in a certain sense, you know, you have religious women, right? Non-sisters, then you have religious men. Um, like myself, but then some of those men are called to be priests. Uh, you know, it's a higher calling. It's still a higher calling. Um, so I think it's helpful to look at it that way too. Uh, you know, religious life in and of itself is a very special call, uh, whether for men, whether for women, um, in my case, you know, as a brother, and then some are called to be religious priests, you know, which is you're, you're living in community, you're, taking those vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience according to a rule, according to a particular spirituality or religious order. But you're also a priest. So, you know, everything that means saying you're mass. You're ministering the sacraments, right? Right, exactly. So in this case, it's, you know, I'm not a priest. So right. you know, God didn't call me to that. Um, you know, I was able to discern that and with the help of spiritual direction. And, and you know, you get to know yourself through all those years of formation and, and where God is leading you and... Um, so I think that's that's kind of a, a helpful way to, to think of it. Um, you know, a brother is like a, most people know what a sister is, you know, what a nun is, you know, even in right. the movies you see nuns. Right, uh, right, right. So everybody kind of has an idea of what a nun is. Well, a brother is the same thing. He's just a man, right? Right. Oh, but he's a priest. No, he's not a priest. Uh, you know, priests celebrate the sacraments, they celebrate mass, you know, the confession. So it is different. Um, right, it is a different calling. Uh, in some cases, priests may be religious, of a religious order. Some other priests are diocesan, right, so they don't right. actually have vows of poverty and obedience in the same way that we have. Um, but yeah, they're, they're consecrated to a ministry and the religious members, like a brother or a religious priest, 
is offering himself entirely to God, entirely uh, offering his entire personality, his possessions, his humanity, his sexuality, everything to God as a sacrifice. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Very good. And, and how uh, would you say, or what helped you discern that difference in your life? Because as you said at the beginning, you were like, typically, I, I, actually, I was a, an, at a time in my discernment thinking about being a brother. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to, uh, like, my, um, the initial thing is, oh, you're going to be a priest. But then I, as, as I saw all the responsibilities of the priest, I thought, that's not for me. Hmm. So it took me a while, right, to accept that I, in my case, I could be, according to my spiritual director, still be called to be a priest. Right. And I, uh, well, it took a while because it, made, it meant also an extra sacrifice for me. Um, so I, I, I saw a little bit of that discernment, right? Right. Uh, so what helped you choose the entire consecration to God without the additional or without the added ministry of the sacramental, the priesthood? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, because actually most, I think most of the men who join Milis Christi, um, you know, join because they, they feel God is calling them to the priesthood. Uh, and that was my, my case as well. Uh, you know, for years I, th I thought, you know, God was calling me to be a priest. And, uh, and I think that was God's way of, you know, that was kind of his, I like to think of it as kind of a, a fishing hook. Uh, and he kind of grabbed me that way. Um, with that attraction, uh, because I wasn't really attracted to being a brother at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well, I'll either be a priest or get married. There's for me, there's no other way. Um, but there is, and, and, you know, God calls many to be brothers and sisters and, you know, mm -hmm. um, so in my case it was, yeah, like I said, a lot of spiritual direction, you know, knowing myself more. Um, and then one thing that was very helpful was making the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, which is of course, um, very important to, to the um, spirituality of St. Ignatius, which Mules Christi, uh, you, you know, we have that spirituality. Uh, we try to promote it. And in the exercises, you know, you, a lot of times it's making decisions of, you know, your reform of life and which way you want to go. What is, where is God leading you? And I, and that's where, you know, I, I was able to make that decision with the help of spiritual direction. Um, you know, all that time of prayer that helped me to see, okay, this is, this is how God made me. This is, um, this is what the priesthood is. This is what religious brotherhood is. And I, I feel God is calling me more to, to be a brother. Uh, and then that, you know, I became more and more clear, uh, and I became more and more, um, you know, at peace with that. And, right. and um, so that's, that's how it, it happened for me, but it, it could be different for right, know, different people. It's, uh, right. And, and, and it's important to see, in your case, it was a clear interior motion, right? That you discern in, in prayer, right? And uh, that you feel more at peace in one option than in the other. You're open to both, sure. And right, you, right. in your prayer, notice God might want this more than that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head is that you have to be open because, you know, like I said, I, at first I wasn't open, um, and that's not a good thing to do when you're trying to discern your vocation. You know, God. You know, God wants to show you his will, but if you block off a possibility, you know, he can't always show you his plan. So I think when I, thanks to the three spiritual exercises and, and the director who was, you know, one of our priests, I was able to open up and say, okay, um, if God wants me to be a brother, okay. Um, and so I think when I opened up, God kind of took advantage and said, mm -hmm. actually, you know what? Um, yes, uh, that is my plan. Um, so I think that's really important. So 
um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid because I was a little bit afraid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be a brother, you know, but um, we shouldn't be afraid because God, whatever God is calling us to do, we're going to be happy doing that. We're going to be happier than, than what we could have come up with. Right. You know, we think, well, I'll be happy doing this and that. Well, no, if, if it's God's will, then you will be, you know, be very happy. And if not, you won't be very happy. You might be a little bit happy, but not as happy as God wants you to be. So I think that's important. Right, right. The plans that God has for us are much greater, much better, much more perfect than whatever we could come up with because he created us. He made us and he knows what he made us for. Exactly, yeah. So, so well, so an essential element of the brother uh, and the religious person, male, female, uh, is the profession of vows. And uh, you did that recently um, at the beginning of July. And um, so we had the profession of vows. There you embraced totally the counsels of the gospel, uh, the way of life of Miles Christi. And uh, that we had this mass in which here in Michigan, here in Livonia, uh, where you did your solemn profession of perpetual vows. So why don't you tell us a little bit, what was that about? and how did you see it from your perspective? I saw it from the perspective of the priest. I was concelebrating. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've seen that before. So I've done it before. I've lived several years in that vocation. So it's right. very different. Now, you had you had to do it. You had to go through it. You had to do your per- perpetual or permanent commitment, final commitment to God mm-hmm. in a religious order to live poverty, just and obedience. So what was the Mass about? What were the vows about? And how did you experience it? Yeah, so the um, the profession of vows, the the perpetual profession of vows, basically, well, you have a first profession of vows, which in my case I did in 2017, um, that was five years ago. And basically the church wants those who profess vows as religious to make temporary vows first. So, in our, so you make your vows, right? Poverty, chastity, and obedience. And, you're, and in your heart, you want to do them for life. But because because the, the church and her wisdom, you know, wants them to be temporary because maybe you're still discerning. You're not really sure if that's really where God wants you to be for the rest of your life. It's a prudential, it's a prudential call, a exactly. prudential law of the church. Right. So, uh, and typically it's, it's at least three years. Um, in my case, I did five. Um, sometimes it could be more, it could be less. I did five years of temporary vows. And then, so now it was the time to make a perpetual profession of vows. So that's where you basically say forever, right? Um, so it's a beautiful ceremony. It's, if anybody's been to an ordination, it's, it's not exactly the same, uh, because again, it's like, it's a different vocation. It's not, it's not a sacrament. Um, but it's, it's very powerful. So and it looks very similar. It looks very similar. Yeah. But, um, but there are some details that are different. So for example, um, there's a, a, sh- a short dialogue before the actual rite of profession or during, uh, before you make your, your, uh, before you read out your vows where the, the religious superior asks um, if you're ready to, if you're resolved to, you know, embrace poverty, chastity, chastity and obedience for the rest of your life, um, according to the rule, you know, questions like that. And you would basically say, I am, right? You show your, your willingness, um, wholehearted willingness to do that. And then, um, and then there's a beautiful part where you prostrate on the floor, uh, similar to an ordination, and they sing the litany of saints. So, so that's a very powerful moment where, you know, the, the church, you know, all those, all those present are praying, uh, asking for the intercession of the saints uh, upon, you know, the religious, in this case, me. 
So that's very humbling too. You know, everybody's praying for you. All the saints are praying for you. Right. You feel a connection. You, you, I don't know if you, I always think about that, that in heaven, they're looking down yeah. on you who are prostrated exactly. and praying for you as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, I think in my case, you know, besides thinking of all that, I was also, you know, it's the moment where you kind of, and, it, and it's physically too, you're just, you're, you're lying on the ground, you know, you've kind of given, it's a, it's an act of surrender. Um, and that's where I, you know, spiritually, I kind of gave myself to, you know, uh, preparing my, psyching myself up, right, spiritually, uh, and giving giving everything to God in that moment, and then after that comes the comes the actual um, profession of vows. So I had already written out, you know, the formula, which is the which basically says, uh, you know, I vow poverty, chastity, obedience for the rest of my life, um, and every religious um, religious order has its own formula, its way of the way that you say it. Um, so I had written that out. And so I read it, uh, you know, very solemnly, you know, mm-hmm. and trying not to choke up because it's very moving. Um, right, you're, because you're giving yourself complete, it's like, a, yeah. like in a wedding when they have to say the vows. Uh, right, right. Mutually, you know, consent and take the consent. And everybody is like choked up. So yeah, exactly. you hear the same thing with, yeah. with God and with the church. Yeah, and it's not, you know, you, sometimes you might think, well, maybe you know, maybe Brother Daniel was choked up because he wasn't really ready or he's, he's not sure. Well, no, it's not that. It's just, it's so, you know, I'm, I'm t- I was totally ready, uh, you know, to make that step, but it's, it's very powerful. It's, you know, it's, um, you're saying forever and, um, you know, it's very, yeah, in that sense it's, you know, you get choked up. It's easily, easily choked up. Uh, so that, so I made my, my profession of vows, um, into the hands of, of our superior general. And then you sign it, uh, you sign your name on the altar, um, so you sign your name on the paper of your vows that is on the altar. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you, you sign your name there, uh, and then the superiors do as well. Um, and then one of our, one of the customs we have is you put the, the formula of profession, that piece of paper goes underneath the corporal, um, on which will be consecrated the, the Eucharist. Right. Um, so that's kind of a symbol of, you know, that's my offering, which I unite to the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, so that's very beautiful too. Absolutely, you know? that's super powerful. Yeah, uh, and then that's it. You know, you then you there's a kind of a sign of peace where you, uh, you know, you greet the the members of the order. So you know, there's all the hugs and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very moving too. You know, because um, you're you consecrate yourself to Christ, but within the context of a religious community. So you know, these are brothers and priests that I've been living with for for several years. Um, and yeah, it's very beautiful too. Um, right, because you, you're you're giving yourself up entirely to God, but you're doing it within a particular community. Exactly. Of other men who also give themselves up to God. So we're going right. to do this together. Yeah, exactly. We're a team. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a band of brothers, you know. Um, right. Very good, very good. Anything else that you want to tell us about that or that you want to tell all, all our listeners about that day? that you uh, highlight another, uh, another highlight because that was a highlight already, but yeah, no, I mean, I would, I would just say it was, it was the happiest day of my life. I mean, it sounds cliche, you know, that's probably what everybody says at their wedding, but it's, it's true. Um, and, and, and I really felt that way. I, I, I asked myself before, well, maybe it won't be the happiest day of my life. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be happy, but no, it really was. Um, in so many ways, just, uh, you know, it was very solemn and I just felt, uh, you know, God's presence and uh, all the graces, you know, I was receiving, everybody's praying for me. Um, and then, you know, it's, 
you're with the religious family. You know, our, we had our priest coming over from San Diego, our superior general who flew over from Argentina. My family was there. So just all these things that, that helped make it very special. Um, no, it was just, it was the happiest day of my life. And, and I really, I'm happy for everyone else who's, who's going to be going through that step. Um, you know, religious, uh, priests, um, it's, it's awesome. Um, and so I, I encourage you if, if anybody has a remote thought that maybe God is calling me, um, you know, to this life, religious life, or even priesthood, um, go for it. I mean, you know, pursue that and, and see where God leads you. And, and if not, you know, if, if God is not leading you to that, that's okay. At least you tried. Um, but you won't, re- you won't regret it. Right. Very good. Well, so is there any one thought, you know, one recommendation that you would give to young people who are, um, you know, in the world, in college, because this is for college Catholics, for their, you know, discernment, for their vocation? Yeah. I mean, I would say put yourselves in the hands of God. Um, you know, he, he created you. He died for you. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to be happy more than you do. So if you put yourself in his hands, um, you know, uh, intentionally, um, and then you're faithful to prayer uh, and live your Catholic faith, you know, to the full, then, you know, he's going to lead you to, to where he wants you to be. Um, so to trust in him, uh, putting yourself in his hands and, and it's going to, and he's going to show his will, you know, in his time, because sometimes we want things to, we want to know quick, but God has his ways. And he, maybe if he showed us his plan, you know, right off the bat, we would kind of be kind of scared. Uh, so he, he has his, his time, he has his ways. So just put yourself in his hands um, and, and he will show you his way. Very good. Well, thank you very, very much. Thank you for sharing all your story and uh, for spending this time with us here today. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you everyone who's listening for being with us today. Uh, please do support this podcast with your prayers and also by sharing these episodes with your friends. I think it's useful as a way of apostolate to share an episode with someone as, hey, I saw, I listened to this and may be helpful. So please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, to rate us both in Apple and in Spotify. And if you have any questions or comments on this or any other episode, or if you have any questions for Brother Daniel here, shoot me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org and I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.